Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Courtney. And this is the Dance Better Podcast. This is our platform to shed some light on the impact that ballet training has on the mental health of both current and former dancers. Together with some amazing experts, we're discovering what things dancers can do to help counteract some of those habits and ideas that might not be serving them. So keep listening to hear real stories from real dancers, mental health professionals, and many more to help you dance better. Hey everyone, today Courtney and I spoke with Aaliyah Brown, a 17-year-old high school senior and pre-professional dancer with the Colorado Ballet Society. Aaliyah plans to attend the University of North Carolina School of the Arts this fall to continue her training in classical ballet. We spoke with Aaliyah about her experience as a pre-professional student. She brings a fresh perspective on the challenges of being a pre-professional dancer in the era of COVID, college auditions, and everything in between. We just want to make sure that we let you guys know that no one on the show today are mental health professionals. So anything you hear us say are just things from our lives, what worked, what didn't work, and none of that should be considered medical advice. If any of the things we share resonate with you, we encourage you to talk to your doctor or click the link in our show notes to find the best healthcare professional for you. We also want to mention anything we say in this podcast is a reflection of our dance experience as a whole and not any one teacher, studio, or company. Secondly, the opinions shared by our guests in this episode are those of our guests and their personal experience from their individual viewpoints. Experiences and opinions shared, while cathartic, are also for a mutual purpose to aid in opening a dialogue about making experiences better for artists everywhere. This was an uplifting conversation with Aaliyah, and we are so excited to share it with you all. Here you go. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. You guys, we are so excited to welcome Aaliyah and her mom, Allison, to our show today. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, we're doing well. Awesome. Well, so Aaliyah, to kind of bring us in, why don't you give us a quick overview of your background in dance and what your plans are for next year? Yeah, so when I was younger, I did like creative movement classes at my church. And then when I was nine years old, I went to um, a more professional studio and have been there ever since. Um, And I'm a senior this year and I will be going to the University of North Carolina School of the Arts um, to major in dance and with a concentration in classical ballet this coming fall. Yay, that's so exciting. Yes. I I actually auditioned for UNCSA and I really oh, cool. I almost I went there. Too. I almost went there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ended I actually up ended up but, um I actually yeah. ended up dancing with Charlotte Ballet, which at the time was uh North Carolina Dance Theater. So mm-hmm. I I made the move to North Carolina. You're gonna love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, Aaliyah, tell us also, I know that you have a little bit of an interest in mental health, I yeah. hear. Can you just tell us a little bit about like where that interest has come from and what that looks like for you? Yeah, so um, I guess I really care about that because when I was younger, I had a few different issues come up and I never really knew how to deal with them. And so I guess that is part of that aspect of um, learning how to have some conversations and um, how to work through some issues. And then also in the state I live in, in Colorado, um, the highest rate um, or the main cause of death in 
um, 10 to 24 year olds is suicide. And my um, county has the highest rate and it actually doubled this past year. Oh, and my. so, um, yeah, it's a really tragic way um, to end your life. And so I just really care about um, having teens know that it's okay to not be okay and starting that conversation um, sooner rather than later. So there's not those tragic stories happening all the time. Yeah. Oh, that is so wonderful that you're spreading that message. I really, yeah. really appreciate that so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's got to be, I mean, we hear about those kinds of statistics in the world, in our, mm -hmm. in our nation, in our country, but for it to be so prevalent in your state and then even in yeah. your, your particular where you're at mm -hmm. right now, it's got to hit close to home. So thank it you really so much does. for yeah. being an advocate in your circles. Yeah, of course. <laughs> your, your community yeah. is really lucky to have you. Oh. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so Aaliyah, we want to get into, um, since you are a pre-professional ballet student, mm -hmm. what your experience has been like, because for Courtney and I, well, for me, it's been like 20 years since I was a pre-professional <laughs> student. So it's been a long time. Things have yeah. changed. Um, and, you know, for Courtney, she's been out of it for a little while too. So what's your experience like as a pre-professional ballet these days? And especially, what is it like from a mental health perspective for you? Yeah, um, so overall, it's been amazing. I'm at a really awesome studio, and they are really good about putting um, mental health at on the front burner and having some conversations. And we've actually had um, some counselors come in and have some like dance chats with us about different topics. And so from that standpoint, it's been really, really awesome. Um, but I guess I have had like, kind of three big issues in my eight years of being kind of a professional student. Um, so one of those was when I was 11, um, I was kind of dealing with someone who just wasn't a very positive person to be around and it was very negative. And um, at that point I wasn't, cause I just started ballet at that point. I wasn't really sure if that was normal or if that was just, you know, that's not okay. And so um, after a while, my parents um, really saw in me that I was just like kind of losing the joy of dance in me. And so we scheduled a meeting or my mom scheduled a meeting with my artistic director. And um, that conversation ended up being really, really helpful for me, even to this day. Um, one question that she asked my mom was, so kind of what's the main point and what's the biggest issue here? And um, my mom said that we see her losing her joy in dance and um, with that, and it was just causing me so much stress trying to deal with that at that age. Um, and so that question that I've gone back to so many times over the past, um, I guess, eight years of being um, in a professional setting. Um, and yeah. so I think that that was a really helpful moment to help um, recover from that stress. Um, so yeah, thankfully that was dissolved and um, I've moved forward with that. And then I guess kind of another thing I've had to deal with through um, this training is that I was, a born, I was born with a um, cleft lip and palate. And so I've had multiple um, surgeries and trying to deal with um, the stress of trying to schedule and um, plan that around shows and training. Um, I would say that that's definitely impacted um, my mental health in that aspect because when you're out, you come back and you realize, oh, I'm not able to do all those things. And for yeah. me, I was thinking um, I didn't have some ankle injury where it's logical that I wouldn't be able to do steps. I'm like, it was all in my face and um, right. mouth. Sure. And so I should be able to jump right back. And it's really like, no, your, your um, sinus is in equilibrium. We're just totally moved around. Yeah. Like, that's not normal. 
So working Absolutely. through that frustration, like in myself and um, getting past some of those hurdles have been, um, I guess, a challenge and a blessing in a way to um, learn how to work through those things. Yeah, so those are kind of the stuff, my experience with mental health through this training process. Yeah, and it sounds like you grew up in a really supportive environment other than, yes. you know, maybe a few outliers here or there, of, mm -hmm. you know, more difficult situations, student dynamics to work through. Yeah. Um, but having a director to be able to sit down and really, um, <laughs> I'm getting antsy over here. I really want to interview your director now. Yeah, she's amazing. Hearing yes. the, yeah. yeah, hearing hearing that you had such a positive experience and had that kind of support. Um, that's something that as we've gone through this podcast, we're I mean, Sarah and I had our own different upbringings, but kind of opening our eyes and really seeing on a national scale, what's the temperature, so to speak, of mm -hmm. companies and studios these days, um, to be able to have that really supportive environment is, I hate to say the word lucky, but it, it's something that we want to definitely shine a light on and really um, props, props to your school. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So so based on your experiences in your pre-professional years, right, you said about eight years now, and as you're, you know, kind of going on into adulthood, early adulthood, right, transitioning to college next year, from your perspective, what kind of policy changes do you want to see schools and companies adopt to kind of help, help with that mental health for dancers aspect? Yeah, so I actually really didn't think about that question until you mentioned it to me, and so... I guess thinking through that, um, I would say having um, it be okay to not be okay. And um, really believing that when people say that, because you hear that phrase all the time, but I feel like it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to be able to really live it out and um, having your peers believe that, having your teachers believe that. And then along with that, um, I think that as training is so important and class and rehearsal are so important to be at, like it's vital at this stage. I think that maybe just as a general culture shift, maybe it, having it be more acceptable and um, just okay to have a mental health day once in a while. And um, once again, my director is really good with that. Like after a long weekend of shows, she'll give us Monday off and say like, take a rest, like rest your bodies. Um, nice. Um, have a day with your family, you know, after a yeah. crazy weekend of shows. Um, so once again, I've been so blessed to have a great environment with that. And then um, I guess another kind of policy, more of a policy change that could happen is um, having maybe monthly meetings with your professional students, um, with like the staff and having um, just a really open platform for them to tell them, tell you how um, they're feeling and um, kind of express their experience. And I think that um, a lot of studio owners and um, I guess artistic directors would be open to that. I said that we all get so busy and the calendar is just yeah. always full. Like there's never like a break to just kind of restructure um, some things like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe those things could be um, added. Yeah, you know, it makes me think about, you know, as you're going off to college, a lot of college professors have office hours mm -hmm. where they set aside specific days of the week or a few days a month or whatever it is. And they have between these and these hours and people can sign up for a little 15 minute block. Mm -hmm. You know, that seems like something, like you said, you know, we get so busy with, with everything going on and, you know, studio owners, oh my goodness, they have so many oh, yes. responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. But like, if we could set aside office hours, like you said, once a month when 
you know, if you have an issue, you know that your teacher or your director or whomever, you know, they have a little bit of time set aside for you so yeah. that you can feel heard. Because I think yeah. a lot of times as dancers, you know, we're trained to not speak up about things, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, in many places, but just having that policy in place of having open office hours right there, that sends the message that your voice matters. Yeah, absolutely. Completely yeah. Agree. I love that. I think that's such yeah. a, that's such a practical way to make that happen, Sarah. Yeah. Office hours. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's a great let's idea. Take a, let's take a page out of the university book here yeah. and and really implement that. And that another thing you mentioned too about um, you know, having mental health days mm-hmm. for students. One thing that we've seen in, in some recent episodes is this idea of really looking at the ballet culture that it is right now from a workplace perspective. Take yeah. the traditional ballet beauty out of it. It's still a workplace that you're gearing up for. You're training yeah. for a career, right? Um but really understanding that for pre-professional dancers, when you're in those last few years of high school, you may still be a child on paper, but you are in a really intense environment and you are training on such an elite level that you really can treat it like a workplace. I mean, when I was in those ages, I was 25 hours a week. That's a solid part-time job and doing school, you know? So it's not so... Um, out of the question to treat it like a workplace and then you think about a workplace having mental health days like well yes of course why wouldn't you you're it kind of comes with a job right right why why can't it come with a job as being a dancer yeah it can now yeah (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) so senior year huh yes (laughs) and some might say senior year on steroids (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh yeah no envy here senior year during COVID I just oh, yeah props to you yeah. thank you <laughs> so okay we don't want to get too much into COVID because I feel like at this point everyone's sick and tired of talking about it yes yes absolutely <laughs> but keeping that in consideration that you've wrapped up an entire year dancing during this pandemic I'm really more interested instead of I don't really want to hear about like how you trained and because we all know it was difficult and there was video and zoom and all these things, but I want to know what did this year teach you about yourself? If anything, what did you discover through having to go through this difficult senior year about yourself? Yeah. So, um, I found out that I was a lot harder on myself than I ever realized. Um, so, for example, like for Nutcracker, we're used to having four shows at the Pikes Peak Center, which holds um, 2,000 people. And instead, we were in like a really small high school auditorium with 50 people. Wow. And rather than um, blaming COVID, I would blame myself kind of and be like, oh, well, this isn't what I envisioned my senior year as. So it doesn't really count. Like I didn't get to do, like I did the role I wanted, but it looked so different. So it doesn't really count, you know? So um mm-hmm. I guess realizing like it's no one's fault. It's no one person's fault. It's just the way COVID happened and the way the restrictions were like, it wasn't, um, it's not my fault. It's not my studio's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just um, working through that, I think was the biggest thing. And then also I really discovered through that kind of, um, that this is what I really want to do. I really 
um, would just love to dance and do anything to do that after high school and then hopefully on to um, more professional setting as well. Um, so yeah, those are the main things I really um, learned through this situation. I love hearing that it like kind of solidified your joy with ballet and solidified that you, this is something that you want to do because I feel like um, not being a dancer in 2020 myself, but there, it's got to be, got to be hard, yes. <laughs> you know, to go through those processes in your senior performance, not, you know, feeling like it doesn't count. I, I get, I, I can, re I can relate to those kinds of feelings, right? Mm -hmm. um, but to come out of that instead of feeling like just hanging up your shoes, which is nothing wrong with that. If that is, if that was your outcome from such a crazy year. Um, but instead for it to kind of really solidify that fire in your soul yeah. that this is what you want to do no yes. matter what, um, that's really, really incredible. What was your um, experience like for, you know, going through those rehearsals and things like that? What, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty that you had to face through all of that. How did you handle that? Yeah. Any like coping mechanism, so to speak, or, you know, ways that you and your friends kind of rallied to get through those moments? Absolutely. Yeah, there were definitely the two aspects of that. Um, personally, um, I also kind of picked up an extra hobby to kind of help me decompress and focus. I started a really small jewelry making business. So that was Aww. kind of fun to help keep myself so busy and um, focus on other happy parts of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then also, um, absolutely, it's so important to have um, a really strong group of people around you. And I was so blessed this year to have a really great group of friends. And we all just really focused on staying positive and looking for the good things. And that just made such a big difference. Um, when you mesh well with a certain group, you just know it and they know it. And it's just a really beautiful thing to see us all work together and like make it to the show together and like kind of finish strong, even though it was such a crazy year. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So did you have, um, how many shows this year did you have? And do you, I forgot to ask, do you do any competing? Um, yeah, so we had um, a few shows this year. Um, we had um, Nutcracker in the fall or in the winter. And then we had um, a performance on film, um, Carnival of the Animals in um, like February. And then um, we had our pre-professional performance in um, April. And um, we did the ballet Pas de Cot, and we did a contemporary ballet Aww. for that. And so it was a, a super fun show. And then um, we are having our last kind of show this weekend um, that's also over film with our NHSTA um, program. And we were all able to choreograph on our own time and find dancers on our own time and then go around town or in the studio and film it. And then we're going to put it all together and premiere it this weekend. So that's amazing. Yeah, that I've had some really so great cool. opportunities this year. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. One thing that really stood out to me when you were talking about um, when you were talking about performing Nutcracker to only fifty people instead of two thousand people. Mm -hmm. What that says to me, um, because you said COVID taught you that you really want to dance. Yeah. And I think this is such a powerful message because a lot of times I think from what I can only assume is that perhaps looking at the professional ballerina career uh -huh. can really seem super glamorous, you mm -hmm. know, it, you know, you think about maybe dancing at the Met or 
you know, with these big companies and you're going to have thousands of people screaming your name and, <laughs> you know, like multiple curtain calls and all right. these things. And I think a lot of times, or even just getting recognition on Instagram, you know, like having so many followers or whatever. I think sometimes a lot of those things can kind of get in the way of the actual action of being a dancer, the artistry of all of the wonderful things that come out of actually creating art and um, whether you're choreographing or dancing. So when you were just talking about finding joy in performing for 50 people instead of mm -hmm. 2000 people, I think if, if, if you love what you're doing, regardless of how many people are seeing it or, or validating you for it, I mean, that is such a healthy place to be coming from. Yeah. And that really shows so much passion and, and love for the art that you actually have. And I just yeah. think that's so wonderful. Oh, yes. Yeah. I have two follow-up questions here and one yeah. of them might get us on a little bit of a tangent, but that's okay. 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 My first Whoa, question boy, is, guys, hang on. <laughs> my first question is maybe not so much of a tangent, but what is your, um, what was your experience dancing on film? Was it very straightforward where there was just a camera in the studio or did it feel like an entirely different experience? That's something that is so unknown was, yeah. you know, pretty relatively foreign before last year. Right. Um, but it sounds like you've had two opportunities now that show that you did in the early, either late winter, early spring, and then whatever you have um, this one coming up here soon. What has that been like having film involved with dance? Yeah. So I think the really cool thing about these two shows is that going into the show, I knew they would be on film. And so um, I guess I approached them differently. The first show for Carnival of the Animals, um, it was actually on film. Um, it was sponsored by these two brothers, and um, we put this show together um, to make it really, um, I guess you could say, like, sensory friendly, and it was meant to go out to schools and to oh. um, organizations that help kids who have different sensory needs and such, and so when filming it, um, we were all really um, aware of, like, how the lighting was going to be, how the music was going to be, how we were supposed to emote to the camera, and so that was really a cool experience. And then actually filming that, um, that was my first um, experience ever filming anything um, for dance on film. And so um, it was really interesting having to take the different camera angles and then having them say, okay, try that again, but we're gonna move the camera this way. And um, it was just a really cool way of looking at dance in that, um, in that aspect because um, it's so easy to think, oh, dance is just the audience looking straight on, on the center stage. Whereas for this, they were taking different angles and they were watching your feet go across the stage or watching um, your arms um, do whatever they were supposed to be doing. And so I think that was just a really cool experience to um, have. And then the show coming up um, in a few days um, was really also interesting because I was coming at this um, um, project um, as a choreographer. And so thinking through my choreography and thinking, where do I want to film this and how um, do I want to use the camera angles that I um, saw used um, earlier this spring? And um, one of my pieces, I actually ended up filming outside because um, they were inspired by um, Claude Monet's water lilies. And so I took them outside to a pond. And so it was just a really interesting um, aspect to have to balance like weather along with dance and um, the natural environment rather than just morally. So I think they were both just so different, but amazing at the same time. Yeah. 
I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think it, it really shows how, you know, embracing that new opportunity really fostered so much creativity, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to do this outside. Hey, yeah. let's do this. Hey, do that. Um, so one thing that I really want to get your opinion on when you're, you know, as a senior going off, getting ready to go off to college, you've had this, you know, these years of really rel- probably relatively strict ballet class, you know, everything's mm-hmm. very scheduled um, and even what you're doing inside, how much creativity you are allotted, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. within those um, performances to express yourself and then having this experience to really be the choreographer and let that creativity go. One thing that, um, that a few people have mentioned is there can be a challenge when you go from that high school senior status, right? Out yeah. into the real world, whether that's college or company, whatever that looks like to really open up and let that creativity flow when you've been in such a strict environment. Mm-hmm. How, how does that feel for you growing up in a pre-professional program and then senior year having this project to really let that creativity go and kind of seeing the world as your oyster as you go forward? Does it feel like it really is that black and white of having, you know, pretty strict beforehand? Or does it feel like it's kind of always been there for you? Yeah. Um, From my experience, I feel like um, my senior did a really good job of nurturing that creativity along the way. And so even from um, the youngest years, like when I was 11, um, there's this um, program um, in my city called Beautiful Chaos, and it's put on by our Colorado Springs Conservatory. And we have um, the musicians from the conservatory um, compose something. And then the music gets sent around to the different studios that want to be involved. And then the students are able to um, choreograph for that. And so um, when I was 11, I was in another girl's piece who was also 11. And so like even from that young of an age, um, it was always really important to give us those opportunities on definitely a smaller scale because you're so young and you're not going to be choreographing from that cracker yet. But um, um, just having those opportunities and seeing um, that creative process, even when I was younger, and like um, even when I got a little bit older and was doing a little bit more soloist roles or um, um, roles like that, um, I would be in a way a part of creating um, the contemporary ballads, especially that we would do, because um, we have an amazing choreographer um, on staff with us and. Um, she has choreographed several contemporary ballets for us. And throughout her choreographic process, it's very, it feels very individual. And um, she'll even sometimes ask you, okay, what leg do you want to do that on? Or um, Aaliyah, you're, you're going to do this um, step instead, or so-and-so, you're going to do this line instead, because that's what you look better doing. Um, and so I think that even um, just from a younger age, I've been, I've been able to see that put as a focus of you all are individual artists. Um, you do have to be able to do that core work and work together as a team and um, you can't do your own things, but it is so important to see um, these young artists shaped into um, the artists you're going to be one day in a professional company when you're your own um, unique self. I want to interview your choreographer now as well. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You, You really, truly I'm just so happy for you that you've been able to grow up in such a supportive mental health from a mental health perspective, such a supportive environment, but also it really does seem like you've been allowed to flourish as an Mm -hmm. artist yourself and not just like Courtney was saying, you know, 
being stuck in this super regimented, I'm sure it's a rigorous schedule that you have, but, but it sounds like, um, you've really been able to, to grow as an artist. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So we would like to know, we want to get the insider perspective on the college audition process these days. Um, so, you know, this coming up this fall, kids that are going to be seniors coming up in high school, Mm -hmm. you know, as we're kind of sort of moving out of COVID, I, ha- I assume it's still going to be a little bit different for them, probably, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your call? First of all, what was your college audition process like? Yeah. So this year, everything was online, as I'm sure everyone would expect. Um, mm-hmm. So in, I would say about September, I started thinking about putting together an audition video and really um, setting combinations with the instructor and um, thinking about what variations I wanted to do and kind of putting together a list of what I would need to put together um, for my application. And then in early October, I filmed my audition video. Um, I was able to do it in two um, sessions. So the first session, um, I did my bar center and then I ran through my variations. Uh, And by then I was just so tired that we decided to come in the next day and try the variation again um, to just see if, when I was fresh, if it would be um, a little, not necessarily better, but just I feel more relaxed. Um, and yeah. so um, we filmed that and then put the video together. And then um, I sent it in um, for, and I applied um, for the first um, application date. So the first deadline, I tried to get my stuff in by then. And then um, I applied. And then four days later, I got my acceptance letter. And um, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so that was a really awesome um, experience to have um, kind of um, that, um, I guess, like inspiration to know, like, this is what I want to do, kind of that validating that thought again, and this is what I want to do. And so hearing from a school so quickly, it was just a really great feeling to know, like, oh, like, my hard work is paying off. Yeah. It's a crazy year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So did you just audition for the one program or were there other yeah. ones? Yeah, so my heart and my mind just really knew that I really wanted to be at UNCSA. And nice. so I just auditioned there and then um, got accepted and, and playing together this fall. I love that. Yeah. What drew you to UNCSA? I really loved how um, it was just such a unique artistic community. And for that campus um, specifically, there's only arts majors there. And I just loved the different collaborations that were happening on campus and how um, it was just such an artistic environment. And I was actually able to go visit um, the school like weeks before everything shut down in um, late February of 2020. And I was able to go um, have a tour at the campus and take a class and actually see a performance. And so just really being on campus was such um, an amazing experience that it really touched me. That's awesome. Yeah. I am curious from, you know, obviously we are a mental health podcast. So that's kind of the angle we're taking at for all yeah. of this. Um, I can remember, you know, my auditions process was six years ago. Um, but at that point, there really wasn't any mental health promotion mm-hmm. happening when you looked at audition, college audition programs, right? Do they support mental health? How, do you have access to therapists, counselors? That wasn't really too broad, or it wasn't really mentioned yeah. in that process. Was it mentioned in your process? And yes. when you were doing yeah. even your early research, 
do you feel like there is a mental health presence now when you're looking at college yeah so when I went um, for my on-campus tour, um, they showed us the counselor's offices and there is a dietitian on staff at UNCSA. And so there are definitely very um, available resources for students on campus. Um, with my just brief looking into other schools, I didn't see any um, um, things offered on the surface level, but I'm sure if you dug, there might be some information there. Yeah. Sure, sure, absolutely. And you guys, this this episode is not sponsored by UNCSA in no, any way. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> we are just sharing sharing honest opinions here and experiences. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any final thoughts, Leah? Anything else that you really want to share as far as your mental health experience from a dancer speaking to other dancers your age, going through that process? Anything you want to say to them? Yeah. So, I guess if I were to tell someone something for this crazy season is um, just don't get so caught up in where you think the world's going to be next year. Just really try and really live and cultivate and invest into those relationships that you have right now because they're not going to be there for forever. So just really um, invest in yourself, invest into those around you, and just really um, enjoy the time you have as a student because it doesn't last for forever. (laughs) Such great advice. I mean, I think it's great advice for students in the in the 2020s going into their senior year but I think it it's really great advice for anyone honestly I mean even us adults you know thinking about what our life is going to be like in a year and you know what things are going to happen and and all of that so I think that's really great advice for for anyone listening not just our our seniors so thank you for that yes and especially for being in a pre-professional program Sometimes you leave school early. Sometimes you don't stay at your school until senior year, right? So cherish right. those moments, your sophomore year, your junior Absolutely. year, because that might, that those could be your last years, you know? Absolutely. Um, oh, so, so exciting to watch yeah. and see, see where you go. Yeah. So Aaliyah, we want to give you a minute here. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug for people or share? Maybe your, is your jewelry business on Etsy? Um, it's, uh, it has its own website, actually. You're kidding. Let's no, yeah. share that with our listeners. We would love yeah. to support you. Yeah. Um, so my jewelry business is on Instagram at um, Joyful Clouds Designs. And then um, I'd also really like to thank Colorado Ballet Society for providing me with such an amazing um, pre-professional experience and training. And then, um, yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I love it. We will link all that stuff down in our show notes as well um, so that you guys can get some jewelry, maybe check out UNCSA, check out Colorado, what is it, Colorado Society? Colorado Ballet Society. Colorado Ballet Society. I mean, all of the things. I think this has really, really been a great episode. And we just want to thank you guys so much for your time. It's it's just been a wonderful conversation and so refreshing to get, you know, a I'm going to make myself sound super old right now, a young person's perspective, (laughs) but it has been, it's been really great. I appreciate it so much. Of course, I love this conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Aaliyah and Allison. It was great to have you guys and we will um, have to catch up with you after you're settled at school. Yes, absolutely. For sure. All right. Thank you. Bye. 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 
you feeling after that fun conversation with Aaliyah today? Hey, I'm doing really good. You know, it, it kind of took me back like to my senior year and got me thinking about the audition process and how exciting it was and terrifying at the same time and thinking about moving out of the house for the first time, all of that stuff, you know. Um, so that was really fun. But really, I was just so impressed with um, all the the great ideas that, that Aaliyah had. I mean, she just really seems so self-aware and mm -hmm. she already seems like she's got some good boundaries going for herself. Um, yeah. Just so articulate. And it was, it was just a really fun conversation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to kind of <laughs> watch her from afar as she goes, you know, off, off to college and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I think seeing so much, you know, grace and maturity in a young artist, but then also all that creativity, right? It didn't, mm -hmm. she's have to say she's not an obedient dancer, but she is an obedient dancer with the heart for the art form itself, with a heart for dancing and, you know, finding her own place in the ballet world, you could yeah. say. So I'm really excited to, I'm really excited to see how that all unfolds. Yeah, was, she's definitely, I was so excited to talk to her. Yeah, she's definitely headed for some big things, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, and we're also a little bit jealous of her community. Yeah, I know, <laughs> it right? Like Colorado Springs is the place to be for young yeah. dancers. So many like, like local it. collaborations and great support systems. So mm -hmm. that sounds really awesome. And I, I mean, I'm ready to I've go. Never, Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to take a little vacation out there. I've always heard it's beautiful, and I've never yeah. been to Colorado. So, Aaliyah, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love it, you guys. Thank. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and share our podcast with your people to help us get the word out. And we might even read your review on one of our shows, so watch out for that. Also, if you have any questions, particular topics you'd like us to cover, or guests you'd like to hear from, you can email those to us at dancebetterpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dance Better Podcast. To catch us in our own lanes, you can connect with me on Facebook and Strong and Struggling Zillennial Women. You can find it directly on Facebook or the link is in my Instagram bio, which is at Court Ulrich and it's linked down in our show notes. We are talking all about how to level up your relationship with your body image, your emotional health and your self-worth. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tech Ballet for more information on my virtual ballet programs where I integrate mindfulness work and injury prevention into each class. We approach solid technique training from a place of curiosity and not judgment. Whether you're gearing up for auditions or coming back to the bar from a long break, all are welcome. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.